Well, I don't know about you, but I would have to say that that was not bad at all. <laughs> Thank you very much. It, uh, it seems like it has been a long, long time since uh, we've had the privilege of uh, being able to experience our puppet ministry, which has uh, been around for, well, almost as long as Terry Lauch has been around. And if you know him, that's been a long time. But what a legacy and what a ministry that has been uh, taking place uh, through uh, that, uh, well, the lambs. So grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus. Amen. I would uh, read for you again the beginning of our gospel lesson, which is the... uh, the account that Jesus shares about the end of time. And so he makes it very clear. Matthew 25, beginning with verse 31, it says this, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And then he will place the sheep on his right and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. The word of the Lord. Number one, Jesus is coming Again, there will be an end of time. It will be called, as it's very clear in Scripture, Judgment Day. But what a glorious day it'll be. As you and I hear this wonderful, wonderful invitation, come, blessed, inherit, prepared by the Father. But why is it that when asked about Judgment Day, a majority of Christians will express some anxiety, some doubts, some insecurities? Well, maybe it's because they happen to know that the Bible itself teaches that with the coming of the shepherd king, there will be a judgment that is based on works, and that is a public reading of the deeds written down. In case that sounds a little fishy or maybe open to other interpretation, I'm going to read from the book of Revelation and uh, yeah, if, if you want your pew Bible, um, it's page 1040, but it's Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20, and it begins at verse 11. And as I read this section, I'm going to ask you if it's possible that this is referring to the very same thing that Jesus was talking about. And so... The subtitle, by the way, for the Matthew passage says, The Final Judgment. The subtitle in the ESV for Revelation chapter 20, beginning with verse 11, says, Judgment Before the Great White 
throne. And so now I'm going to read from Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 and following. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. From his presence, earth and sky fled away and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up its dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one of them according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. Well, it would seem to me as if this is speaking about the very same judgment. That which comes at the end of time, a public courtroom, if you will, if we can even imagine, and it says the books were opened. And apparently what's in those books is the record of what each one has done. Is your anxiety level going up at least a little bit now? Maybe I should say what's written in the books is what each one has done and not done. How many of you boys and girls, if you've been asked to do something or there's trouble coming from your parents and, and they are asking questions and um, they're trying to figure out maybe who's responsible for the trouble, maybe somebody's going to get in trouble. And how many of you boys and girls have ever said, but I didn't do anything? I know I use that line on occasion. Sometimes I think it might have been true, but... But in the case of the judgment that Jesus talks about, when somebody says, I didn't do anything, Jesus would say, that's the problem. <laughs> you didn't do something when you should have. What's written in the books are the opportunities that we have as Christians to do good, to minister, to care for those who are in need. Do you know the number of opportunities that, that St. Lawrence specifically as a congregation we have been blessed to try to meet in terms of needs and ministries? Think of, well, just in the recent memory, the, the Thanksgiving food drive, diaper drive, caring tree ornaments, our social ministry program, Stephen ministry there is so much that's going on. Not to mention those who volunteer faithfully at the Franklin Avenue Mission, those who are part of the Saginaw City Rescue Mission, and the countless of dollars that are given 
from the heart to support such ministries and many others like it. When Jesus comes and he reads the deeds of his people, certainly these deeds are going to be mentioned about the times that by God's grace, we have had the privilege of participating and ministering to those who may be in a less fortunate circumstance than ourselves. Thanks be to God. But I ask you, was it enough? Did you feed the hungry enough? Did you volunteer enough? Did you give sacrificially enough? Did you give of your time enough? Did you clothe those in need enough? Did you welcome the stranger enough? Did you visit those who were sick or have you even been to a prison? Isn't there going to be a bunch of empty lines in that judgment book? Is your anxiety level going up maybe even a little bit more? If it is, that's okay. That's the Holy Spirit that is at work in us, convicting us of the fact that by nature we are nothing but self-centered creatures. It is but by the grace of God when we can actually turn our thoughts and our energies towards someone else, but the default mode is what's in it for me? What am I getting out of it? How am I benefiting for it? And if this is not fitting into my schedule, well, then I'm an awful busy person. Have you done enough? Are you going to be on the right side at the right time? No wonder a majority of Christians are nervous and have anxiety. There is a judgment based on works for the world to see. But I'm going to have us return to Revelation for a moment. And now I'm going to read verse 15 at the very end of that chapter. Because there's an implication here that is really quite fascinating. So we've just heard that each were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. And then death and Hades were thrown into the fire, the lake of fire, the second death, which is the lake of fire. And now comes verse 15. If you have it, great. If not, simply listen very closely. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. It does not mention and reference here those who had done misdeeds, those who had failed to do what was right. It says, by necessity and by correlation, by extension, that those who are welcome into the Father's kingdom are those whose names are written in the book of life. My friends, that is you. Your name has been written in the book 
of life. God has worked out things in your life to bring you to this point that you have come to faith in Jesus Christ. Maybe it was through your parents as, a, as an infant. You were raised in the faith. You were brought for the waters of baptism. Your name has been written down. You've been sustained in that faith. You've come to the Lord over and over again, confessing your sins, hearing and experiencing his grace and forgiveness through the word and the sacrament. You are written in the book of life. You're in you will not be thrown into the lake of fire because of Jesus. Now, lest we think this is the only place that, that makes it this clear, let's go back to Matthew chapter 25, this time focusing specifically on verse 32. Matthew 25, verse 32 and it says that after the king comes with his glory, sitting on his throne, verse 32, before him will be gathered all the nations and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates his sheep from the goats. Now, wait a minute. This is taking place as people are entering the judgment hall, not after the books have been opened, or the deeds or non-deeds have been discovered. No, it's as if the shepherd king already knows which category to put his people in. Go figure. Somebody tipped him off. The fix is in. Somebody tampered with the evidence. For you see, it was on the basis of being written in the book of life that the sheep were separated from the goats. And now as the books were open, guess what? <laughs> all of the failures, all of the times that you have failed to put others first and to care for them in as good a way as possible, all of those, they've been blotted out. They've been removed from the record. They've been expunged. Somebody's tampered. Somebody has filled in those blank lines with the righteousness that comes by faith in Jesus Christ so that the world can see that, yes, by God's grace, you are welcomed into eternal life. This is the most amazing news and promise that we can get judgment day is not a day of fear the anxiety that we are feeling because of our sinful nature yes it's real the holy spirit can use it to put away our sinfulness but what does a child of god how do we live now that we know our name is written in the book of life we live in such a way that we can't help but help other people in fact, in such a way that we don't even keep track. We can't even remember what we've done. We're like, Lord, when did all this happen? You see, we do it because God loved us and we love in response. That's why we are not going to heaven because we do good works. Rather, we do good works because we are going to heaven. Big difference. 
big difference and all the motivation in the world. But before the glory, be aware of this, before that welcome into the inherited kingdom prepared, there is the cross. You and I still live under the cross. It's the cross that we live under because, yes, Jesus went to the cross, and that's where he paid for our sins, where his blood washed our record clean. That's the cross where we go to and return to over and over and over again to lay our sins and our burdens, our guilts and our cares at his feet. It's the cross that he empowers and encourages us to take up once more every day for the sake of his kingdom to live what might be a difficult, difficult life. And did you know that as a follower, as a child of God, whose name is written in the book of life, do you realize that we may not always be in a position where we are the privilege to be able to give to those in need, but rather may be, in fact, on the other side of things, that because of Christ, maybe it will be that we will be the neat ones that need to be fed because we're hungry or in need or strangers or naked or in prison. But by God's grace, he will meet our needs because he always knows his own. Your name is written in the book of life. Thanks be to God. In Jesus' name, amen.